0: All right, good morning, every one of us. You know, I am right now at a foyer. In fact, Neil is just opposite me at the wall about our discipleship journey. I am here where you get to see honour God and make disciples. You know, I am so amazed at this team who every week trying to do something fresh so that all of us who are watching at home, uh, you will not be dull with our background and maybe by the time, you know, this MCO uh, over by the time you would have seen every corner of the church. Uh, I just want to uh, say a huge thank you really for Neil and the team uh, for piecing this together. You know, as Neil has said, we're in this series called Awesome God. And the whole idea of Awesome God was put the names of God into our life. Uh, you know, I started this series by stating that we know only one name, especially last year, which is COVID. And uh, I'm not trying to downplay that. I know the significance of that, but I want you to know in a all that we are going through let's lift God and the bible says in the book of daniel it says those who know god uh, shall be strong and do great exploits so i expect that as we talk about the name of god you will translate your fear you will translate your anxiety you translate your worries into worship Unto God, because in every one of His name He is worthy uh, to be worshipped. So today, uh, in this entire journey, we have kind of covered a few names of Jehovah, how God introduced Himself, Vashalom which is the God of peace. You know how at, at life, when your most critical moment, it's the peace of God that guards you, girds you. It's not the absence of trouble, uh, but really it's the presence of God. And then last weekend, my good friend, Pastor Michael Pedaris just bring in El Roy, uh, the God that sees, you know, and really bring what a contrast of someone that's so far away from God. And the person has no sight or even any ability to see, but God sees and God reaches out. And I want you to know that that is just who God is. So this weekend, uh, we're going to do Jehovah Jireh. I know Jehovah Jireh is one of those names that potentially most proclaim, most claimed, uh, most people favourite names of God because every time we think about Jehovah Jireh, uh, we immediately say that the Lord will provide. You know, in every one of these names of God, uh, what I like about this series is that it, it kind of depicts a person's scenario. And in the worst of man's situation, as God revealed Himself, the person kind of had a glimpse and said that, oh, that's who God is. And then I'll call Him this. And that's how the name of God I was being revealed. That's how Gideon said, you are Jehovah Shalom, the one that guards me and girds me as I walk the path with the Amalekites and all the, the Midianites and all the war that i have to walk through right it is it is that revelation and you know in life all of us sort of have that uh, recently that I, I was with my mom and my mom is 82 years old and she was just, uh, was in my house and staying with us and she was has the ability at 82 years old to uh, put the needle and the string, you know, at 82 years old, her eyes were still so sharp, you know, and uh, that kind of, wow, mom, you are so talented, okay? So it's like as you relate to someone, you begin to see a certain characteristic attribute and that name give you a peek into that. So today, it's really the story of Abraham. And it's a a fascinating story. In fact, it can be quite a difficult passage to deal with because uh, the story talk about God wanting Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his son. So I want every one of you, before you jump into the conclusion and go into the rabbit trail of, you know, does God believe in human sacrifice and none of all that, okay? As you walk through this passage, I hope that I can help bring out Jehovah Jireh. Whether is He just a God that all of us like to proclaim, uh, whenever we don't have money, we say, Go Jehovah Jireh, you know, God will provide. Is He just merely a God that provides the need that we perceive? Or oh, Jehovah Jireh is far richer and wealthier and fuller than what you and I understand about Jehovah Jireh. Now, to help me to do that, I wanted to illustrate the best way to do that is actually helping to put five lenses together, okay? Now, I, I you know, I wear glasses, okay? Whenever I go to an optometries and one of my struggle, challenges is because I have many layers of challenges. I got very high aesthetic. In fact, every of my glasses is thousand over, okay? Not, not, not the money, but in terms of the degree, okay? I have short-sightedness, I have long-sightedness. I have a certain curve that I cannot see. It will because of my aesthetic. So every time when I go to see an optometrist, what they do is, if you have not been there, then you would understand. Uh, no, if you have been there, you would have understand. They will put on that, you know, the, the, the frame and then they keep on putting the lenses and then, is it clear? Is it not clear? Can you see this? What's colour? Can you read the number? So that eventually as they put in more lenses, it gets sharper and sharper so that I reach the exact spot that I needed to see. Now, so today, to help us to understand Jehovah Jireh and this passage, I introduce five lenses. So I'm going to take one lens after one lens after one lens and then once you work through those lenses, you begin to see clearly why this story and how the name and the revelation of Jehovah Jireh, and I hope that you walk away, are really seeing with such clarity who exactly God is. Alright, so without further ado, let's go to Genesis. I hope we can do it in the time given to us. Uh, we still have about maybe 20 minutes or 25 max, you know. Okay, but let me do my best, okay. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 22, verse 1, he says, after this thing, stop, alright, don't, don't read further. The Bible says after this thing. So, what does after this thing? I call that the first lens, the historical lens. So, now Genesis 22 happens after Genesis 12 to 21. Genesis 12 to 21 is God's narrowing down a family, a person, to lead the family out of a place called Earl of Chalde and make his way eventually to the promised land, which is really the really work out from a particular person called Abraham. Abram simply means uh, the father of many. So, can you imagine? My, my name is Abraham. you know, father of many, but, but where are your children? None, okay? So, kind of a little embarrassing moment, but God zoomed into his life because God saw providentially that this man is going to change the world. So you must know that after this thing is Genesis 12 to 21. In that 12 to 21, nine chapters, you will find that there were so many dealings of God with Abraham. Starting from him who doesn't know God, lie about the wife in Pharaoh, and then eventually King Abimelech, you know, and all of that. God began. Uh, So in that entire journey, he obeyed God, and the Bible says his entire journey was filled with a lot of altar making. Alright, and that's the way he trusted God. And God revealed His covenant with him. He had this thing called about a covenant with God. And for the first time, he understood what it means uh, to really have a covenant with God where God is not only a a covenant giver, but He's a covenant keeper. Okay, so he understood the covenant of God. He had the Lord situation whereby uh, Lord rebelled uh differences and then the bible tells us that Lord chose a certain part of the land where else Abraham let him do so and Lord and God led Abraham to where exactly his next step was. Then you got a Sodom and Gomorrah incident where the Bible says that Abraham pleaded with God and God says that he is a friend of God. Now, can you imagine stacking up after this thing? Abraham had countless opportunity of walk with God. And obviously, after 25 years, after God promised him, showing him at the tent the stars in the sky, and then God says that you're going to have a son. And for 25 years, the Bible tells us that he had no son. And 25 years, at the age of 100 years old, when the wife Sarah was 90 years old, God did one of the most outrageous miracles. The Bible says the womb is dead. And the Bible says God opened up the womb and potentially uh, Sarah became younger, so to speak, uh, which the Bible tells us that right after that, even King Abimelech had an interest on her, which means that uh, she must still be very attractive. And the Bible tells us at age of 100, Abraham Sarah 90. They had the promised son, Isaac. Now, then the Bible says that they actually settled down in the land of Philistine for many years. Nobody knew exactly how long was that many years. But uh, Josephus, which is a historian, uh, predicted that Isaac was 25 years old. So the age ranged from anywhere from 13 to 30 years old. That's pretty much how scholars will push it. Uh, So which means that Abraham by then, anywhere from... 100, uh, 10, 15 to 125 years old, or even 130 years old. So, can you imagine? So, Abraham has walked with God for 50 years. All right, now, so after these things, means Abraham has a 50 years journey of calling, being called friends of God, seeing the promises of God, and then he goes for his final test. Now, I want to say this, okay? Often, a lot of us will say, Wow, you know, Master, if I believe in God, God will ask me to sacrifice one. you know, God doesn't do that. Uh, there will be tests because uh, I'll go to the second stage. But I want you to know the context was Abraham was someone who walked with God for 50 years. And I've seen the faithfulness, the covenantal keeping of God, the miraculous working of God, which is why when he went to this test, Abraham being the father of faith, was the one that's able to walk through this. All right. now, then we moved on in the Scripture. Then the Bible says, God tested Abraham and said to him, we're seeing in verse 1, I bring in the second lens. I call that the testing lens. Okay, now, I want to say this. Nobody likes tests. Am I correct? If you are in primary school, second, how many of you like tests? Nobody likes that. Everybody hates tests. But something about tests is, tests reveal how much you actually know and also test refine. Not only he reviews; he actually refines so us. The Bible says in First Peter, Bible says in James, he says when we go through all trials, we are refined, just like a goal. We become better, shine, brighter. And something about tests that we go through actually help us to be a better person. So, and you know, all of us understand that, right? You know, when you have a son, when you have a child, you you let them go through certain trials. Remember when we uh, went for uh, Pulau Perhentian, you know, about three years ago, I think Joanna was about eight or nine years old and uh, potentially even younger. And so what happened was uh, we were all went out for open sea, you know, and uh, so nobody told Joanna cannot. And uh, so we just throw her in there, you know, with a life jacket. I tell you what, she did so well at that age. uh, And uh, she passed that uh, so strong. Came out boasting about how she was so bold and being an open sea and school, you know, and all that. Okay, so I, I just want to say that trials actually refine us, make us stronger and better. So, Abraham going through that lens of test. I had a statement there. Test, reve- uh, sorry, the statement is temptation is to bring out the worst in me. Testing is to bring out the best in me. There's a difference tension between temptation and also testing. So God brought Abraham after so many years of relationship to his final test. Okay, and in that final test, uh, then the Bible continues. alright? Now, the Bible says, Abraham and he said, here I am. Now, as we read the next portion of the passages, I want you to know that I want to, you to be able to look at the similarity of the life of Isaac and the life of Jesus because it all points out prophetically to the act of Jesus, what He did, right? I will highlight to you as we go. So He said, here I am. He said, take your son, your son, your only son whom you love, okay? Three descriptions. Uh, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. You know, uh, in fact, this is the first time the word love sort of appeared in the entire book of Genesis. And the Bible says that uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten son. Some version even say that is His only begotten son. Uh, So there's a lot of similarity. I'll point out to you as we go, Right? It says, Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Mount Moriah was exactly where Calvary is, a couple of hundred feet away. It's all in the same mountain, but nobody knows which exactly the peak. It could potentially be the same. It could potentially be extremely, extremely very near. So Abraham rose early in the morning saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, on the third day, remember Jesus rose from the third day and I must say this, okay, when Abraham received the news that God wanted him to sacrifice Isaac, in his mind, he already knew. He, he, I mean, in his mind, Isaac is sort of dead in his mind because when God told him that. But on the third day was the day when they went up to the mountain that's where he actually uh, got spared Isaac. He actually received Isaac alive, so to speak. So there's three days significance over here. And then the Bible says, uh, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to, this, to his young man, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Now, Abraham kind of revealed his faith that he knows that God will spare Isaac. I don't know how, but he said that we will go and we will come back again. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Remember, Jesus carried that cross to that mountain. All these are types and shadows of the real thing that God will actually do 2,000 years later through his son, Jesus Christ. And he took his, he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, he says, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. He says, behold, the fire and the wood. And he said, Uh, now uh, the father would, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, "God will provide for Himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son." So they went both of them together. Now, I want to move through the human response. So we have what we call the historical lens. We have what we call uh, the testing lens. And the third one is the human response lens. I want to show you, in the midst of testing when it's tough, I really like the posture of Abraham. There are three things that was very significant about Abraham's responses. Number one, uh, his obedience. The Bible, did you... You know, just now we read that he rose early in the morning. If I was Abraham, I'm going to argue with God. I'm going to say, God, could you show me 12 more signs? And But the Bible says there's no delayed obedience. Sometimes delayed, partial obedience is not full obedience. The Bible says he rose early in the morning. There's an obedient side about Abraham. Number two, uh, his faith in God's character and not circumstances. You know, oftentimes when we go through trials, we look at the circumstances We took a glance at God and we gazed at the circumstances. Uh, I want you to know that Abraham took a glance on the circumstances, but he gazed and gazes on God. How do I know that his faith was uh, unmovable? Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, let me read that scripture. The Bible gives you a hint of how Abraham dealt with that trial. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered, to, uh, offered up Isaac, he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, though Isaac shall your offspring be named, he considered, Well, will come to that word shortly, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Alright? Now, the word considered is Logizome. Alright, that's where you get the word logic. It simply means decided after taking into account every possible reasoning. Now, I think there's a huge lesson for all of us to learn. You know, Abraham, when he was going through that testing, he couldn't understand the circumstances. And all of us in our life with our own circumstances, you wanted a child, you couldn't get a child. Uh, You wanted this, you couldn't get this. You wanted a job, you still couldn't get a job. You know, we all go through those kinds of circumstances. But the Bible tells us that something about Abraham did he logically reasoned within himself and he came to a logical decision that God's character is way able to be trusted than any of my circumstances. He considered every circumstances. And I'm sure he thought about this. He thought about, God gave me Isaac, a promised son. And then he, out of him, would have a lot of offspring. But now God is asking me to sacrifice him. He says, either this God is false fickle-minded, undecisive, or this God has the character, the power and the quality that even if I were to obey God and sacrifice Isaac, God has the ability to raise him from the dead. And that was exactly what he concluded. And I want you to know, it was that faith that eventually named him the father of faith, the steps of faith of Abraham. So he not only obeyed, faith and trusted on God's character and he kind of worked through that in his heart, in his mind. And finally, what I like about Abraham was he worshipped God. You know, sometimes when we go through trials that we don't understand, Maybe one of the best response is, we just learn how to worship God and bring God into the centrality of what we do. All right So we walk through the third lenses, and we're going to go through the fourth lenses, which is what I call the prophetic lens, but let me just continue to read the Bible. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, and bowed Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar to the wood. Then Abraham reached out his caught in the thicket by his thorn, by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide Yahweh Yireh, which is the Hebrew name or Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. You know, the name Jehovah Jireh simply means the Lord will provide. And it has many shades to that name. Uh, it, it means also God who sees way in advance and provided. Remember the Bible says that as Abraham made his way up to the mountain, there was a ram caught, which means that as he make his way in the mountain, God is allowing the ram to make his way in another side of the mountain. Jehovah's Cyrus simply means that God sees way in advance and provided for us. You know, I can tell you countless of stories how God, was Jehovah Jireh to where we are. The building that where we are at is Jehovah Jireh. While we lost the opportunity to build on something, God had another ram in the form of this building that came up to that mountain so that when the time was right, we are exactly where we are, that free. And you know, God has been so gracious and merciful and and, and just uh, I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude of who He is. And that's just our ability of God. He sees way in advance and provided. Or some people will say that God sees to it that it will provide it. I saw, thus I provide. I have to play a little word here. You know, God provision. provisions means God provide. Visions mean what He sees. Jehovah Jireh. The word Jireh, Ra, means see. Okay? So, provision. So, I want to say that God was able to have provision because there was a pre-vision. He saw it. Thus, He provided. So, the prevision of God leads to the provision of God. That is exactly who Jehovah is. Jireh is all about. Now, so let me put on that. Same mountain, like I said. Jesus Christ carried the cross, went up to the hill, and He died. He was that ram. I want to say this, okay? What God asked Abraham to do, He stopped Abraham from doing. What God did to His son, He didn't stop. And he did it for you and me. When Abraham took up that knife and he was to plunge into Isaac's heart, all heavens, heavenly being, would look at it and say, "Wow, what a man! That soul of God that was willing to do so." When God sacrificed His Son on that cross, the whole heavenly being say, "What a God that is able to sacrifice for men." God stopped. Abraham for doing what uh, Abraham was about to do. But God did what He stopped Abraham so that He tells every one of us that is the extent that He loved every one of us. So when you put on the prophetic lens, the entire story of Abraham Isaac points 2,000 years later. Almost the same spot in the same mountain where Jesus died at the cross so that He provided for us. I want to say this. You know, oftentimes we use Jehovah Jireh to mean God provide for my physical needs and all those. But did you know that God sees way in advance? He He doesn't see, He sees way beyond our physical needs. He saw the gravest and the greatest need that we have which is salvation from sin. And He provided that. If you think Jehovah Jireh was God providing you a car, God providing you a job, that is really the lowest form. And the Bible says God is our heavenly Father. Romans says, if He has given up His Son to us, what other good things will He withhold from us? He won't. And I, I, I thank God for Jehovah Jireh because I don't see the need for my sin. But God sees and He provided for you and I. And finally, I want you to be able to look at a final lens and with this, I'm going to wrap it up. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withhold your son and your only son. I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, as the sand that's on the seashore, which is one of the covenantal language that God had with Abraham. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nation of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. The last lens, I call it the purpose lens. God's provision was never meant for us to hoard it, but to be a blessing to others. I call this blessed to bless or bless to be a blessing. You know, when you understand the full paranormal view of Jehovah Jireh, it has so many different lenses and potentially some of it, we can talk over it in dialogue. You may have a question about temptation, you may have a question about testing, you may have a question about all that I've talked about and we can deal with that but for today's message, I just want you to know Jehovah Jireh was God pre-vision. He saw our gravest need and He provided for us. It is way more beyond than God just provide our blessings for my life, for my family, my job, my car. It goes beyond that. And finally, the purpose lens is where it brings everything together. You know, every time you are blessed, I want you to know that that is because God wants you to be a blessing to someone. If you, if you are a medical doctor, you are blessed with a keen mind so that you can be a blessing to a lot more people. If you are smart, that's because God blessed you with the ability. Uh, If you have money, resource, so that you can be a blessing to others. Jehovah Jireh is most meaningful. Not only when God provided a ram for you, it's also that you at times become that ram for someone else that needed that. And sometimes God pieced everything together in the most remarkable, unimaginable way. But God just has a way to piece everything together so that Jehovah Jireh is not only a blessing to us, that through us, other people will be blessed. You know, I wrestled with this uh, little passage And I really like the way that in the most difficult situation, in the most unimaginable, unthinkable situation, uh, Abraham doesn't have any lack. But in the midst of uh, that he went through, the name Jehovah Jireh was birthed because the God will provide and He sees to it, they'll provide. I'm going to pray and I pray that today you will not only know God that provides for you physically, but He provides for you spiritually. He provides for you salvation, grace, mercy. And then on top of that, God will supply all your needs according to His riches. Let me pray for you. God, we are so grateful to you that we can come to you and allow you to be Jehovah Jireh. So we say today, we surrender Teach us to be like Abraham, response in our worship, response in our faith, trusting on your character and not circumstances and help us to reach the spot where we are grateful because you saw a need that I don't even perceive and you meet it because you you love me and help us to be a blessing unto others. Uh, I've asked Neil to kind of sing a song to bring all of us to a close uh, because I want to turn all this to worship unto God uh, so that we're able to praise God and uh, exalt Him always in our life. God bless you. I'll see you shortly.